0: longing for a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More to Be and host of this podcast. I'm here to help you experience that fresh encounter. I believe that the more we seek God and study His Word, the more He'll transform us to be like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. Before we jump into today's episode, don't forget to check out our coaching, mentoring, and Bible study resources, as well as programs and courses available at More to Be. Your financial support underwrites this podcast. On today's episode, I'm excited to have with me a longtime acquaintance and a beginning new friendship uh, with Robin Dance. She is a fellow author and encourager. You might have seen her at Encourage on one of our favorite websites. And she has recently written a book called For All Who Wander, Why Knowing God is Better Than Knowing It All. And so I'm really excited to have Robin with us here today. You are going to discover that she loves Jesus and laughter, and she is a Southern girl who loves her sweet tea. And so Robin, thank you for being with us today. I'm so thrilled to be with you and your listeners today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm I'm glad you're here. So our, our mutual connection, our hookup is uh my good friend Bonnie, your good friend Bonnie. So Bonnie, if you're listening, we're grateful that you made this connection possible. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, we love you, Bonnie. So um when I saw the title of this book, Wand- you know, for all who wander, my heart did like a little flutter because I thought what is, what does she mean by that? What is this? You know, I think of the song, you know, prone to wander, uh, the, the great hymn and how many times I've sung those words and have felt like, God, I, I think I'm, I think I am wandering and I don't know where I'm at in my faith right now. And I have these big questions and I, I teach the word of God. I write about the word of God. I've been committed to the word of God for the last 20, I don't know, almost five years, I think. And yet there are so many times that I wonder, am I I believing a sham? Am I, um, what if it's not true? What if I've just drank the Uh, (laughs) Kool-Aid sort of of feeling and and not knowing what to do with it. I've talked to my husband about it. I've talked to a couple of friends about it at different points, but there's a part of me that always just pushes that doubt and questioning aside and kind of takes the pull myself up of my bootstraps and Mm -hmm. press on. So that being said, I want to know you and what led to this book and and what we're going to find inside of this and and this idea of wandering.
1: Well, those, uh, you're setting the stage for a great conversation. And so I'm so excited to have it with you. You sound like you get this experientially, at least in part. Yeah which part of me is glad you do cause you're going to track with me and understand as we talk. But also I would love to spare that from any friend because when you're in that place, it can be super hard. Um, I think it may be helpful or, or tell me if you think this will be helpful for you and our friends who are listening to maybe go back to the beginning of how this book came to be yep. just the genesis of it, because it is so, um, I'm going to tell you the Sunday school answer for why the book even exists is it is Jesus. We can answer with that Sunday school answer that it is him who made the way for this, which is really kind of funny to me because I hate that answer sometimes. (laughs) It feels so Christian-y and so trite and it's like, oh, give me a break and I roll my eyes over it. But it really is kind of fun to know the backstory of the book. And that is um, I had actually a long-term blogger. Um, My background is... PR and marketing. I've always written copy or ghost written for other people an an entire career, right? And so, um, but more recently, I've been home with kids and raising them and discovered blogging is hobby. It turned into something more. Um, There was a point at which I stepped back from that and I never let go of writing completely, but because, and as you read the book, you'll understand why I let go of it. But um, I was just, continuing to write not so much on the blog but just privately offline in my own little world had actually started writing another book. Oh and it was something that was not known to many people. Um, I've shared it with one friend who is also a writer and we were kind of working through things together and I was approached by encourage um, the the online community that you mentioned that is under day spring uh, to, to see if I would be interested in writing a book with our community in mind now it's not written, for encouraged, but we hear from thousands of women what they're struggling with. And they provided for me a one sheet that was um, indicative of a that felt need of that community. And I thought, oh my word, there's no one else who can write this book but me. That is my life. And so fast forward a little bit, we get to the point where I'm writing, I'm several chapters in with this, you know, with this need for a community in mind that I know is a universal appeal to many women in the church. And I realized I was not writing that book. Oh, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What do you do with that? And so I went back to Encourage and to Lifeway. B&H is the publisher for the book. And I said, what do I do? Uh, it, I am sort of writing it, but not exactly. I'm veering. This book is taken a, a veer to the right. And and as I say that, I was very dependent on the Lord in the writing of this because it was bigger than me. This mm-hmm. is um, wasn't it wasn't as if I had the idea of percolating for years, had drafted a proposal and had pitched it. This was dropped in my lap. So it was almost backward. You know, the writing process yep. it's, it's, it, I did it backwards. Yeah, And so, um, the proposal was a work in progress as I was writing. And so, which is not really relevant to your listeners other than how the Lord steered this book and the content of it. They gave me the complete freedom, trusting that I was, following the Lord's leading, they were familiar with what I had drafted in terms of a uh, outline for the book, they knew sort of where I was going. And they set me free, because they sensed also that the Lord was leading what this thing was going to be. And so when I say it's Jesus, it was me appealing to him never before. And this is a bit embarrassing as a believer who was, um, if you read the book, you'll see there's a fun story about my first memory in life, is in church. I was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Wasn't I special? <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun It's a fun story to start off with because the book isn't all fun and games, but it starts on a really super fun note with that memory. Um, and well, I guess just to see where God was leading me to tell a true story of what wandering looked like. And that um, maybe it wasn't as isolated of a Thing as I felt like it was Mm -hmm. and so anyway as I completed the writing of the book what I what I truly wanted to offer other women and men who read this and also um, not just the person who's wandering who has become Mm -hmm. in landed in a place that feels like a spiritual desert where they don't really know what they know anymore it is written to help the person who isn't struggling with that help the person who was in the yeah. pit. Yeah. So, um, at its core, what we're talking about is a message of hope for the person who is struggling spiritually.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it tells a tale of how slowly we get there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for those of us, and it's written ideally with the person who has grown up in the church or who has spent, a measure of time in the faith. A new believer probably wouldn't really understand what we're talking about in this. This is for someone who's known the right answers. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know that you could, even in the midst of when you have these questions, you know, intellectually, how to encourage that person, right? You know what to say, you know how to point them to scripture, you know, all those right things, right? Yes. So why is it that we can still land in this place of unbelief?
0: Yeah,
1: um, I think that's twofold how we get there. Yeah, tell me about um, it. Uh, one lives are complicated, mm-hmm. our lives it is rarely one thing that gets you off course, it is a number of things we are juggling. Um, if you're married, you're juggling a marriage. If you're working outside the home, you're juggling your job. And if you're working inside the home, you're juggling a job. If you have children, there are complexities with that. As you hit a certain age, you're dealing with the trauma and the struggle of aging parents. Life happens to all of us. All of those unexpected things that create pain, that are void in our life, um, that take our, uh, our eyes off of Christ. They do. When we have pain, when we have those big things and small things that are demanding attention, we aren't always looking at Jesus as we attend to the pain. When I put my hand on a hot stove, I instantly feel the heat. I feel the burn. My attention is Automatically on the pain. It's not on that hot stove that's still burning. It is on the pain in my hand, and so I've taken my eyes off of the the thing that caused it. But um, we also have an enemy against us. God has a plan for our lives, right? We've heard that. We know it. It's almost one of those Christian cliches, but yet it's true. Just because we've heard it a thousand times, Mm -hmm. or we roll our eyes at the mention of it, maybe it is still true. God has a plan for us. We have an enemy who knows that God has a plan for us. He's not acquainted with all the details, but Satan is always and only against us. And so he will throw all the things of the world to undermine what God has planned for us to get us off track, to take our eyes off of Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We also have our flesh. We are We are captives to our humanity, aren't we? God gives us a new heart. He creates a new thing within us, but we are still bound by our flesh. As long as we are walking on this earth, there is that spirit-flesh battle. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer. He is always present with us, but we're called to pick up our cross and die and to follow Christ. And yet we are constantly resurrecting ourselves. It is, it is an easy thing to say and an incredibly difficult thing to do. So you have all those warring factions, these spiritual battles, yep. an enemy who is against us, a culture that is against us, a world system that is against the things of the Lord. No wonder we're prone to wander. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's
1: crazier if we don't. For those, yeah. those stalwart believers who
0: are God said it, I believe it, that's that people. I envy them. I know. I'm married to one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. And it's, it's, it, so, it's been so hard. It's been so hard because he never he never questions. He never gets mad at God. He doesn't it it is God is sovereign. And he certainly learned that from his mama, who has impressed that I mean, God is sovereign, Lisa. God is sovereign, you know. Yes. And I I appreciate that because there are, there are times I need to cling to that truth when I don't understand, but there is a wrestling inside of me. And one of the, one of the questions you address and answer is what is the difference between being a wanderer and being lost? Can you Um, unpack that?
1: Yes. Let's look at that a little bit. So, um, There's a fun little story. Let's go to the little story. There's a story I tell in the book. And it's also one of my youngest memories when I was at the fair with my father. Um, I don't remember my mom being present. And so I dated this, um, well, it's, it's hard to put the date on it. My mom died when I was nine. You'll find that mm. out in the book. There's a, there's a trauma associated with that in the book. Um, but I only remember daddy and, and my siblings being with me, my brother and sister at the time. And it was at night, cold, chilly, fall, fair kind of weather. And all of a sudden I realized I was lost.
0: Mm. I could no
1: longer see my family. And if you've ever been lost, you know, and especially as a child you know the horror of that it is all encompassing in in those moments and fear fear will creep in and it totally consumes you and you can't see your way out and oh my word you know are the are the bad people going to get me yeah yeah just all the fears associated with that and and then all of a sudden, I see daddy and my siblings. I realized this was probably less than a minute that I yes. was totally strangled by fear of, am I never gonna see my dad again? Am I never gonna find my brother and sister? Am I lost forever? Do I have to go home with a stranger? You know, all the little girl fears that you could possibly yeah. had. The reality was, my dad always knew where I was. I was never lost to him. But my reality was, Totally informed by that fight or yeah. flight um, sensation that grips your heart and your mind, um, it doesn't. It didn't matter in those moments that I wasn't actually lost because I felt it. Yeah. There's a flip story um, that was only that has been fairly recently, just a couple of years ago. I was um, traveling home through from South Carolina back to Georgia, and I was on back roads. It was not a road. It was not a, a way I was accustomed to. So I was relying on my GPS. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the cardinal sin not to know where you're going, especially as it's getting dark earlier. Oh, no. So I'm driving along. I know there's a turn coming up and I get to a point where I look down at my GPS. No, and, no. Oh, my word. That arrow was floating in a field of nothing. Oh, no. I will not repeat for you all of the things that I said. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. It was dark. I was horrified. I don't know. I've probably been going about 10 or 15 minutes before I even realized I was lost, right? Blissfully unaware that I'm in the middle of nowhere in the dark. And it, these are farm country roads I was yeah. driving through. There were no um, rest areas. There were no um, gas stations. There was nothing. I was in the middle of pasture land.
0: would mm-hmm. have
1: been beautiful if it was daylight. I was not appreciating anything about it in this moment. And so in that case, the reality was I was lost for quite a while before I even knew it. And I was perfectly happy until I understood that I was in trouble. And mm-hmm. so I was able to regroup, you know, after screaming at the top of my lungs and, you know, all the things, I was able to turn around, go back exactly in the direction that I'd come and find my way once again. Once, And of course, what i got in range and got the directions on GPS, I took screenshots. I wrote it down. I was like, you are not, this is not happening again. And I was fine. Yes. I got home, lived to tell the story. The parallel there is uh, you can be lost and not know it, right? Yes. And then still those companion feelings will stir when you finally come face to face with the fact that you don't know where you're going. And our faith, I I think that we are tempted um, to, we're going to feel very lost in our faith. When you are a wanderer, you question everything that you at one time knew to be true. Mm. Um, For me, the struggle was not so much believing God. But, but, but believing that God even was in existence. So it was that far gone. I was that far gone in my unbelief. Um, the only true prayer in my heart in that season was, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm. And so when you begin to ask questions either of God or whether there is a God, you feel like by the nature of even asking the question, that you're lost. You question your salvation. Yep. In that, okay. So it, it is a question of, am I saved or am I not saved? Am I a person who has been um, uh, chosen by God to be with him forever? You it, However you're going to word your faith and your salvation, you question whether you, it comes into question for yeah. the person who is struggling for the wanderer. And what I want to tell you is lost people don't care whether or not they're lost.
0: I love it. Okay. Lost people don't care whether or not they're lost.
1: So if you are even struggling with that question, let that be an evidence of your faith. Mm. Okay. And so I want to tell you, there's, um, I talk about lifelines or God winks. It's a later chapter in the book. And I give some evidence of how God was showing up both when I asked and when I was doubting, when I was not even looking for him or asking for him or asking anything of him. Um, I want this conversation with you and me right now to be a lifeline to the wanderer. No, I don't want it to be. I'm telling you that it is a God wink because God is letting you know, number one, wanderer who is listening. And if it's just the one, you are not the only one. Mm -hmm. God is telling you right now that he knows the state of your heart He knows the questions that you're asking. God is not threatened or offended by those questions. Mm -hmm. And that this conversation is an evidence that he is with you Mm -hmm. in the wandering. You Mm -hmm. feel alone. You feel lost. But just because you feel it doesn't mean you are. Your lostness is not an indication of your salvation.
0: Wow. There are so many people that need to hear that.
1: I needed to hear it. I needed to hear it in season and yet I've lived it and I get to tell it now. That's part of the redemption of the years I spent in um, the death of my spiritual desert in those dark places. So to sum that up, the difference between um, being lost and feeling lost is your salvation, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with that question, let that be an evidence of your faith, of your security with God forever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm just taking it in. I usually <laughs> don't lack words, but I really feel like, I've like, I feel like this is for me.
1: Okay. We're going to have a tear fest if we aren't. <laughs> okay. You I've know, got it. Yes, I do. And it sucks. Can I say that on your, can I say that on your podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like French. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I can get real French on you, but I'll I'll behave. But it does. When you're in that place, it's awful. Yeah. And the reality for the person, for the woman or man or child or parent or whomever, um, the reality is that you carry shame. You are embarrassed. You carry guilt. You carry guilt when you are that person. You don't know who you can admit it to because you're the person that people come to. You're in this position of influence. You are leading Bible studies. You're writing Christian content online. I was doing all these things and I was still wandering. Okay. The mistake we make, or I believe what I have now that I'm on this side of that. I believe that we feel like it's all or nothing. We feel like it's black or white because often the church has told us it's black and white. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's gray. Sometimes we're in the gray. Sometimes our darkness is a mist and what you need to believe. And I'm going to believe it. I'm I'm a gap standing right now. This is a season for me to bridge a gap for the people who are in it right now. And if you aren't in it right now, I hope you remember this conversation when you are.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I don't identify with, well, let me, let me put it this way. Where I feel like I am as a wanderer is, is a wanderer since the day I said yes to Jesus. There's always been a, but yet, um, Yet with the but, there's also this incredible certainty. There, there's a tension. There's, there's a tension I have always felt, and I think the tears are because I've never heard anybody talk about it, right? So it isn't that I, I'm not in a dark place right now, and I'm not, um, I'm not angry at God, which I've certainly been many times. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not, um, you know, ticked off. I'm not questioning why. Uh, because it is a very quiet season at the moment for me, but there, there is um, maybe the tension is this. Uh, you, so it's February that we're recording this. From October to uh, December, I went into serious Bible reading. I decided not to do Bible study at church, and I, I wanted to read the Bible in ninety days. Somebody told me about this plan, so I, I went for it. Wow which was sick Um, (laughs) and awesome. And I made some choices in my schedule to cut things out. I went off Instagram. I, I I changed some commitments so I could spend an hour a day reading scripture. Mm -hmm. And I did. I mean, I, I spent an hour a day reading scripture until my father-in-law died. And then he passed away. Um, the end of November and then obviously Christmas. And so I basically 90 days finished the old Testament and ended up with more questions and more frustrations and more powerful understandings of who God is like it was as much as my faith grew my questioning grew at the same time so i have a i have a a thought for you yeah
1: what if that tension what if your questions or doubt, or any of the part that was raised as your faith was increased, what if that is what God is using in your life or in another wanderer's life to tether them to himself? What if rather than um, creating a chasm or a divide, what if those questions are not a divide but a bridge back to God? Okay? Mm -hmm. And so if you reframe the way you... see the tension of your faith as what if that's what God is using in my life to ultimately strengthen my faith and to demonstrate his faithfulness? What if, what if it's not what I thought it was? What if it's the opposite? And so that for Mm. me, I came to the end of myself in that I began to see that this is a place that God has for me. My doubt is not perfectly resolved today. I live in the tension of, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Okay. And today, but having walked through this and having um, God proven time and time again that His faithfulness has nothing to do with my faithfulness or my faith.
0: Yeah.
1: It's revolutionary to yeah. recognize that it's okay. All of these ways that I feel and I'm, a, you know, a, a, a prisoner of my own body. I'm captive, to, you know, within my flesh. Even despite that. God is still who he says he is. And that's how he works in my life. He is using that as a conduit to tether my belief to him. And so it really, I've, I've never heard anyone else say that before. Not that I'm the first person to have that thought, but it was like this, that opened belief to me in a way that
0: nothing else had. My doubt opened the door to belief. Is that not crazy? No, no, it totally makes sense to me. It reminds me of um, a book I read, feels like a hundred years ago, called A Grace Disguised. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, um, the author's name is Gerald's sister. I'm sure I'm saying his last name wrong. He, um, he was in a horrific car accident with a drunk driver and lost his wife, his mom, and one of his children. Oh my word. And he and two of his other children survived. And he talks about the, you know, the darkness of the night. And we tend to run from grief and sorrow and we try to outrun it. But if we turn and run into it, we will come through at the morning light. Wow. That's a powerful image. I mean, that was his life, but. That was his life. It changed my perspective on sorrow and, and suffering and grief. And it resonated with me because, I mean, I grew up in an abusive, dysfunctional home and I chose to i was running i wanted out and i wanted into something better and if it meant i had to push through the the worst of it to get to the other side so so his that visual makes sense i've just never quite applied it to my my struggles with my faith and and part of what has the tension that has come up in me uh, and i i bet this has to do with my age too people say that you know when you start approaching Fifty. I'm forty. I think I'm forty-six. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> when you start heading into that direction, you start seeing life through a different set of lenses. What was once important is not quite as important anymore. But I, I you know, reading all those really heavy, hard-hitting um, passages in the Old Testament has m- made me disenchanted with the global church, like the the Evangelical American Church. In that, I'm like, why are we not preaching these things? Like, why, why has this chapter? Why I've been in church for how many decades? Why have I never heard this sermon preached? Mm. And and so I find myself questioning at times, like, what is wrong with me? Why do I think that this is an important attribute of God that we need to focus on? And I've never heard somebody older and wiser than me teach on this passage, right? And I've exposed myself to Bible-believing, God-honoring churches, and podcasts and messages, but it's like there's this um, void. Do am I making any sense? Yes. And I think if you, since you just spent
1: this incredible amount of time walking through the Old Testament, it if you only had the Old Testament, it would. It's there because Christ is in the Old Testament. You see foreshadowing yeah. of it. You see evidence of it. You see evidences of God's grace time and again. But you do see a portrait of God that is not fully, it is not maybe as prominent in the New Testament, I think. Right. See, we see such grace and love and all the warm and fuzzy attributes of yeah. God. New Testament. And and it, that's, that's a really oversimplification simplification, but there is a lot of destruction, a lot of consequence in the old Testament mm. that is mind boggling. And that is hard to wrap your mind around when you see that. And, and you know where I land with that one, there's so much I don't understand. And I think, I think why we aren't hearing get preaches. it's not sexy stuff. It's uh, not the, it's not no. fun stuff. It's hard stuff. And I think, you know, with the advent of the internet and with the culture of celebrity, And even in Christendom, that's not going to sell real well, right? And it's not fun and it's not warm and fuzzy and it doesn't make us feel better about ourselves. And so it's it's to our detriment. I think we, you know, sometimes I think we've dumbed down the faith. I think we have made God smaller and created him in our image based on what we feel and Feelings are deceptive little liars. I say that all the time. You know, if we act on our feelings, oh, we're in a mess and we're in a mess. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mess. yeah. And, so, and yet, but and I and I kind of smiled a minute ago when you talked about but God. Yeah. The word but. And, and I went through this whole exercise recently in my own mind of, of but God and I would complete the sentence. So, you know, but people are disobedient, but God is gracious. He's long suffering. He's patient. You know, there's always this turn of, but God and the hard things, but, but God and the great things. Yeah. And so God, it is sovereignty to use yep. your uh, buzzword. Yeah. Um, he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And so the things that are occurring in our day to day lives are not surprises and there is an there's this end game in mind yeah. and God's end game is that we would be with him for all eternity. Yeah. And so what yeah. is it going to take to get us there? What are the, what is our path look like? And sometimes I'm like, we can do this the easy way or we can do this hard way. And most of, <laughs> us,
0: most of us walk the hard way. Yeah, sure. 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 By choice
1: and by consequences
0: of our own choices. So, um, yeah yeah i mean it is you said the the old testament is hard and i agree with i do think I, th- I think what you're i think you're spot on we preach what is sexy we preach what feels good and we we live in that and yet i didn't walk away from i, I walked away from reading the old testament and said i need a break i need the new <laughs> testament for a while yeah. but then as i began reading the new testament it has a depth And a richness that is not light and fluffy anymore Mm. right it has a it is the um is the way forward whereas if you just stopped at the you know split in the bible between the old testament and the new testament it's this it is a wandering place (laughs) right
1: Well, and I, so like, I, I have been tempted to point at Israelites, oh my gosh, how could they wander around in circles for 40 years? They were right there. Yeah. And yet, how could they not believe God when they, when the seas were parted for them, when manna came from heaven, when their every provision and need was met. I mean, every need was met with his provision. Yeah. And you wonder how could they, and yet as I'm pointing that finger at them, oh my word, three fingers are pointing back at me? And yeah. how do I not trust God and the, and the things because he is a provider, he has the means. And, and the more, what I find is the more I spend time in scripture, you know, the subtitle is why knowing God is better than knowing it all. Yeah. Um, why would we want to spend eternity with this being that we don't even know?
0: You yeah. know, yeah, what, what, yeah, what would be
1: the glory in that, or what would be the benefit to us? What I've realized is the more I know him. And the thing is, God wants to be found. He wanted to be found Old Testament. He wanted to be sought. He tells us that because that's his desire. Yeah, he wants us to find him. He makes himself known. and then he actually gives us the embodiment in in flesh and blood of Jesus. Yes, yeah, and then, He gives that, he so wanted us to know him that he made a way for a season, a man walked this earth for 33 years. We got him in the flesh and then we get evidences of his life for a period after that. And we get to have it through these, the the word of um, God, you know, our Bible that that teaches us and we get to see it in the lives of people who are following him and we get to see it in his creation. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many evidences. And I think it's reasonable. I think for thinking Christians, for thinking people, it is reasonable to ask questions. Yeah, And that is a good thing. I think we feel like we're less than in the church. Mm -hmm. And what I want to remind you and me and anyone who's listening who feels that shame and that guilt and the condemnation that comes Mm -hmm. with asking hard questions or even being made to feel like that from other believers or the Mm -hmm. church in general, shame and condemnation are not of the Lord. That is not coming from God. No. And so we need to categorically reject that. You know, I'm telling you, if you're feeling those things right now, we have to tell ourselves, we have to remind each other That's that's why I think community is so critical. When you are devoid of community, You're going to stop hearing those things. We need to be reminded because we're forgetful. I just—I had a sinking spell this week. Okay, this week I had one right where I suddenly lost my sense of value, where I felt like a failure, where Mm. where I felt like I am wasting my time, and this is on the heels of a book launch that. Is not been widely seen yet. I'm an, I'm an unknown author to many, right? And that's fine. My family, my friends know me, the yeah. encouraged community knows me. You know, there are others who followed me, my writing for a while, but largely in the overall book of millions of books out there, I'm not known how, but yet still it's been received. Well, for those who've read it, it's been impactful. Not, you know, I felt like the Lord has been high and lifted up and yet I sank and I immediately went to people, not who would tell me what I want to hear, I am tired Mm -hmm. of that. I don't need to be fluffed. I don't need air blown up my skirt. I need to hear truth told back to me the very same thing that I will tell you when you, as my friend come to me and say, I'm struggling Mm -hmm. and I'm sinking. And I, and I know, I know what I'm supposed to be believing, but I don't, I'm not feeling it right Mm -hmm. now. I don't, I am feeling all the worst things about myself right now. And they immediately, you know what they didn't, they didn't try to, um, diminish or minimize my feelings because that's your reality when you're in the moment of it. And so to have, just have someone validate, having someone validate that your feelings are real to you, but they aren't, they aren't who you are. Yeah. And, and point, and and just giving me the space to, to feel it and then to redirect my thinking again. And, and, you know, and they all said, we, you know, i these, these cherished people, who are just in a small group of people who love me, knew how to point me back to Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: so interesting you say that because I went through that literally less than twelve hours ago. Oh my gosh! And 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 it's been it's been all week actually through a number of different things. I'm pulling up my phone right now because I want to read something um, from our beloved Bonnie actually. Oh. And, and I'm sure she will be. Um, I'm, I, this is so. I I was in. I'm not going to say the story of what happened, but I basically text, you know, texted this boxer group of mine and said, "I feel sucker punched by Satan. That's what it was. <sighs> That's what it feels I knew, like. I knew I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew this wasn't about me. And this was Satan seeking to undermine my joy, um, my confidence in the work that God is doing through me. It was at an area of insecurity that I had been previously giving verbiage to over the last week while wow. looking for a wisdom, um, to a, and humbly looking for wisdom. So he went right after like a a an area that I was already struggling with. And Bonnie, Bonnie texas last night. She says, Take heart least you are an effective and powerful servant of the Lord. You speak life, hope, and salvation. Your works are steeped in favor and blessing. He is the light on the path you travel, and he directs every step you take, even this one for his glory. I sense in my spirit you are weary. I read that. I was like, it did. It made me feel weary hearing and dealing with what I dealt with. Um, Do not let this cloud your confidence. You are a woman who is favored to increase territory invite heaven to earth and spread the glory of our King. You are victorious in your work, your family, and your outreach. You are beloved. She knows that's an important word to me. We renounce the enemy. He has no power or authority. He was and is defeated. Amen. That will preach. Preach. Everybody, gotta preach, love that. Right, and, right.
1: and this, okay. And you know what? I'll, oh, go ahead and finish your thought. And then I have no, a no, thought. no, you go. You go. Okay. So there is a listener out there right now who's feeling like, but I don't have a Bonnie. I
0: know
1: you and I have a body. And this is what I want to say about that because part of my story is being lonely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now there were people in my life and there were people, and I hope it, I hope it doesn't hurt them to hear that I was lonely, even though there were people who loved me in my life during this season. Um, but I was largely lonely. Uh, and I was, I had had this really vibrant large community of people when I lived in South Carolina. Okay. I was um I was in Rock Hill for 14 years. Uh-huh. Okay. So in South Carolina. Um and then I moved to a place where I had friends, but not this community as I envisioned it and that I felt like I needed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would see people, and this was when the online world was coming to life and Mm -hmm. groups were popping up, opportunities were popping up, sites were popping up. People were getting opportunities financially um, to partner with brands to make money. And there were a lot of, um, there was a real scarcity mentality that was starting to be cultivated among bloggers as they were clawing for their place in that world. And I I was right in the middle of it.
0: But I remember this world.
1: Yeah, it was it was really destructive and damaging to my heart. Okay. I didn't really do it well at all. Um, and I wanted something that was elusive for me. But in that I was looking for a particular type of community and a type of friendship that I couldn't really that was just, mm-hmm. it was elusive. That's the only word I can use it. I, I could not get my hands around it. And I tried all those things that I, you know, I'm outgoing. I know how to mm-hmm. initiate and reach out to people, but even that wasn't really working. And that's not to say, again, I have some people that I still love to this day yeah, who were with sure. me in that season, but it wasn't this community, this per, this picture that I had for community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I want to tell the listener who feels lonely and who, who doesn't have a Bonnie or doesn't have this community that she can yeah. run to is that bloom where you're planted because it's actually there and you aren't seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And so who is it who is reaching out to you that maybe you haven't fully embraced? Yep. Who is it for me, part of the community. And this was, um, it was actually um, I wrote it as a chapter that is in another devotional book, uh, Craving Connection that was published for the encouraged community. Great, great words of encouragement. If anyone is looking for encouragement around community, but the particular story I told was that how You know, if you have community, it takes time. It takes emotional time, physical time and space. You've got to be pouring in for that to be happening, right? Well, what I actually finally had the eyes to see was that I had teenagers in my house during that season. Yes. I had my daughter and her friends, my son and his friends, who and then I have a younger son who it wasn't really happening with his age group yet. But for my two older kids, our house was the house. Yes. My home was, a, re- and it, I was very, uh, I, I parented very purposefully with a lot of intention. Um, you know, it may not have all been perfect or right, but I was deliberate in the choices that I made and my husband were on, and I were on the same page that way. And I, ver- because my home had not been a refuge growing up, yeah. because my home was not the home, because in my home, I felt like We had to follow certain rules when our friends were over or we couldn't do that. It just didn't feel like a warm, it wasn't hostile, but it wasn't warm and inviting. Right. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted my home to be a refuge for my children's friends. Well, guess what? We got that. Mm -hmm. And so I was pouring into these kids. I would sit, I would cook meals for these kids. I'd love to sit around the table after dinner and them talk to me and ask Mm -hmm. me questions. And, you know, we had some pretty, Interesting conversations. They would ask me things they wouldn't ask their own parents. Yeah, sure. And and even the guys let me into places in their lives that they weren't sharing with their own families, right? Mm. That was a place of privilege. And I did not recognize it. As I was wanting this one thing, had I had it, I wouldn't have had the capacity for the other. Now, I saw that in very much hindsight, rear view, yeah. uh, the rear view look. But I, what I want to tell your person who is lonely right now, who is desiring a community or Mm -hmm. a person who they can go to with the truth of their unbelief, doubt, questions. Sad heart right now is to find the one. You don't need the masses. Find Mm -hmm. the one and be the friend that you long for. Give from the void that you have because there's someone else who's dying for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then, and it's not overnight. Sometimes it's overnight. Sometimes you have that um, kindred connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: more often it doesn't happen that way. You've got to put in the time by being
0: the person that you long to have in your own life. So so true. We gosh, I'm thinking about a hundred things. But I mean, number one, you can't have if you don't ask. Oh, that preaches in and of itself. Another another sermon in just a right. Sentence. So I asked for prayer last night. I asked. I had to be vulnerable. I had to go and say. This is how I'm feeling. I had to admit a struggle. And if and what I have found, where there are truth speakers in my life, it's because I went first in my vulnerability. Well, and this, you know, even this whole book, I'm
1: embarrassed that this book is out there. There are chapters in the book that like, I am so shy and so aware that there were, there were writers living out some of these seasons with me and didn't know it. There were writers who were part of it yeah um yeah. there were people who were sewing into me also during that time and they don't they don't even know it but mm. this book showing a little it, it's been shocking to me actually lisa it, yeah. it has been shocking that there are a lot of me too's as it relates oh yeah it. and i yeah. thought in the season i was too ashamed and embarrassed because the consequences are big when yeah. you're struggling with that. if you are teetering toward unbelief you understand that consequence all of a sudden you're outside of this thing that has always been a part of your life or it's been a part of your life for a length of time so I understood the consequence that there would be consequences um and yet in my telling this story admitting my frailty my deficiency Mm -hmm. and a lot of my ugliness I mean that's what's embarrassing it's like this is what you saw but this is what was going on behind the eyes and it wasn't attractive at all. And yet people have related to it. Yeah. The two things that have been common things that uh, readers have told me, people who've been kind enough to uh, share their thoughts, or I've caught it on Instagram or Facebook as they've you know shared quotes from the book is that it is relatable and that it's like having a conversation over a cup of coffee or tea with a friend. And I'm like, what a compliment, what, what an affirmation to me that, in that, I followed God well in, yes. the, in what I shared, and that the freedom I have to had to write what I felt like God was taking me into was right, yeah, was the thing. And that's like, you know, I'm doing a little happy dance over my misery, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the redemption. Ah, oh, that was, God uses it, uh, He uses it, and and you know. Speaking of using, last night, we ended up reading um, scripture together as a family because I actually brought my struggle to my husband and the twins, they're 14, but we do life together as a family. And so I said, I'm not doing well right now and here's why. Um, And boy, out of the mouth of babes, those two just like preached the word to me back. And I was like, okay, that was a good idea (laughs) because Stephen tried to say the same thing to me and I wouldn't listen, but I I heard it from both of them. And then um, I said, I don't even feel like reading scripture tonight, Stephen. And he, so he pulled up what was the Bible reading for the Bible gateway app. And we read from chapter four and I'm going to, I'm going to read different portions of it because it just is, is for the wanderer (laughs) really. Uh, Again, I observed all the acts of oppression being done under the sun. Look at the tears of those who are oppressed. They have no one to comfort them. Power is with those who oppress them, they have no one to comfort them, so I commend the dead who have already died more than the living who are still alive, but better than either of them is the one who has not yet existed, who has not seen the evil activity that is done under the sun and I you know when we read that out loud last night, I was like, whoa, that's like sad and deep and and depressing to, in so many ways, and yet I read it also thinking, go Solomon, you, you, you did not hold back the truth of what you felt and you talked to the one who created you. That's right. Right. And then he continues and talks about, you know, wealth and, and at verse seven, um, well, I'll keep reading. I saw all labor and all skillful work is due to one person's jealousy of another. This too is futile and a pursuit of the wind. The fool folds his arms and consumes his own flesh. Better one handful with rest than two handfuls with effort and a pursuit of the wind. Again, I saw futility under the sun. There is a person without a companion, without even a son or brother. And though there is no end to all struggles, his eyes are still not content with riches. Who am I struggling for, he asked, and depriving myself of good things. This too is futile and a miserable task. And then here's what I was thinking as we were talking about Bonnie and and you're urging throughout this book of talk to somebody, find someone. It's this In verse nine. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their effort. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. And also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Better is a poor but wise use than, well, I'm not even going to go into that part. So so this idea that there is nothing that God designed for us to do alone.
1: No. And we don't we see that from the garden? You right. Know, Very it beginning. It is not
0: good for man to be alone. And when right. we see that
1: in the nature of God himself. Yes. And so it is... It's hard. I mean, when you feel like you're all alone in the world, Yeah. my sister and I say it that way with our little little girl voices, do you feel like you're all alone in the world? Yeah. Um, and sometimes we do. And you know what? Again, it's your, your feeling all alone in the world. Yeah. yeah. Because God is present with us. And again, that can feel very trite, very cliche to the person who feels all alone right now. Yeah. But what if you believed it for half a second in the middle of your sadness? You know, I'm so thankful. And listen, he gives us people with Jesus with skin on to speak those, that light and that life into us. He gives us his word to remind us.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, I'm so thankful for his word to remind us, you know? Um, Yeah. And it is, you know, when you started with the tears of the oppressed, one of the scriptures I, um, I actually share in the book is Psalms 56 oh. about tears. It's it, it, it leads the, um, the last chapter of the book, which is you've yourself have recorded my wanderings, put yeah. my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? This, I know that God is for me. That's from Psalm 56, eight and part of nine. Ooh. And so when I hear the word tears, it, you know, it stirs something in me. They're so, re- they are, they serve so many purposes. We know the physiology of tears is that, they are, they're beneficial to your body, to your spirit, to your mm-hmm. heart. Um, they, my father-in-law calls them the window washers of the soul and he has uh. forever and they are, but to see that even mentioned in scripture. And as you, you know, of course pulled this out, because this is what ministered to you last night, mm-hmm. but it also, I mean, you didn't know where our conversation would mm-hmm. go today. I didn't know exactly where it was, would go. And yet I really feel like the Lord is in this preparing you through that word and really coming up under girding the message of the book or part of the message of the book and i just think that's a beautiful evidence of god to me yeah. that's another god wink for his daughters you know he yeah. loves us and he wants us to know i'm glad you're having this conversation
0: yeah i agree i'm so glad you've taken this time and poured into me uh, and poured into our listeners with with so much love uh, Robin, it really—I know, I know that I know that I know that this was for so many, way more than just one. And I'm excited to see your book be a resource. Uh, I know, as a as a coach, I have clients who I'm like, you need to read this book. This is this is going into the library of resources mm. because it's an area that does feel so lonely, and you get to now be a companion. Uh, as an author, you get to be a companion to to those who feel alone. And I, I'm praying that it will be a pay it forward sort of mm-hmm. thing that that one reader will turn to another person and say, "Let's do this together." And so
1: well, that would be beautiful. And you know, I had um again, part of my story is backing out of that world because it was at times toxic for me as yes. I was, you know, you it, this, um, in this in, passage in Ecclesiastes, I also had to laugh because it talks about chasing the wind, the pursuit oh, of yeah. wind, yeah. and I and I actually use the word that I was a wind chaser in the book. I, I call myself a wind chaser because I was clamoring for so much uh, approval from the world and um, accolade and success from the world's point of view, right? And so um, it's have to go back into a space of promoting yourself to get word out about a book, I was really struggling until the Lord really impressed upon me. You aren't promoting yourself. You're promoting me. You get to yes. promote me and point yep. to me. And I could so get behind that because I know that I was behind. For most of my writing career, if I was writing about God, I was in front of him. Yeah. You know, and now I just, I am so content and so happy to be behind him and what he's doing because it's amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. What
1: he's doing is amazing yep. in this world. It, it is, it is, it does nothing but give me joy that he let me be part of that. And so it is, it is a privilege to have this as a resource to people who are where I was because I don't want you to have to stay there. I want to, yeah. you know, walk you out as a friend and mm. and say, where you are today is not where you're going to be forever.
0: No, nope, ain't that the truth.
1: And thank God, praise God. He's a God of redemption. When you said that word, my heart just, ah, it's saying, yeah. because that is a, a large part of my story is just the glory and beauty yeah. of his redemptive
0: work in our lives. It. it uh, I'm going to give a shout out to another Robin, who um, was one of my students. And she actually took my coach training class twice. Oh, wow. And Robin always had a statement and it came up almost every other session, which was God wastes nothing. Ah, And I wrote it down. I wrote it down on a post-it note. It's on my computer screen. And I, it, I I look at it again and again, God wastes nothing. Uh, And so uh, he didn't waste your wandering and Mm -hmm. somebody needs to hear that right now. Right. So would you please let everybody know where they could find you and the book? Okay. Thank you for letting me share that. My website is robindance.me
1: And you can find resources about the book on my site, but you can also go to forallwhowanderbook.com and get everything else you need to know. So there are wonderful shareables with it. There are, we're going to have, there's some exciting things coming up. I'm not sure when we'll air, but um, Books a Million is going to feature it as one of their book club. Picks oh, That's coming great. up. We're going to do a video book club that will be coming up. And so yeah. it'll be a really fun way to have some additional, and those resources will be available through for all who wander book.com. And I'm sure I'll point to them from my site as well, because again, we get to celebrate God and what he is doing and the hard things of our life. If you're a wanderer, mm-hmm. it's not the easy road, Mm-mm. but it's a good one. And Mm-mm. it leads us to where he wants to lead
0: us. Yeah. Yeah, so good would you close us in prayer as we would, wrap up here i would love to thank you for asking so yep. father god
1: oh lord we praise you we thank you for your presence in our lives we thank you for the ways that you reveal yourself to us when we're asking and lord when we don't even know to ask god i praise you because you alone are worthy of our praise and right now lord i lift up the wanderers who are hearing my words Lord, who whose own hearts have been pierced, who maybe have tears, God, who are struggling with feeling alone or wondering what to do with their questions, Um, who feel like they aren't worthy of your love. God, please be with them. Reveal yourself to them. Make yourself known. Lord, be their teacher and guide to draw them back to your side. Lord, use every part of their lives to draw them god we thank you for the questions and that you aren't a god who is offended or threatened by our doubt lord but that you can use even that in our lives to grow us up in our faith so god we thank you that you are a redeeming god that you love us that you extend grace and mercy to us in our own disobedience lord help us to be faithful to you but more than anything we praise you because you alone are faithful
0: regardless. And Lord, we celebrate you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Robin, for being with us. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the More To Be podcast. I pray you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during your time with us today. This podcast is made possible through your financial support. To become a valuable supporter, visit the More To Be shop and join the Sisterhood. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.